This is food. This is beans. So. Yes, Adrian? Hawkeye. So, Hawkeye. Adrian, is that you? So. Yes? Hawkeye. Hawkeye indeed. Hawkeye. Hawk boy. The Disney Plus original series starring Jeremy Thi Renert and Haley Steinfeld. Yes. What did you think, Simon? I didn't like it. What did you think? I, uh, I I quite like this show. Okay. Um, I think the show's uh, pretty pretty good. Um, I don't think it sticks the landing, but um, all in all, I think it's a pretty pretty good show that felt quite rushed at the very end. Um, but uh, I'm curious, uh, Simon, like, what, why do you not like this show? I don't like it because not sticking the landing makes the show retroactively worse. Mm. It, it like the endings are endings are very important to anything. Um, I feel like people who, you know, watched Game of Thrones and didn't like the ending didn't really like Game of Thrones. Mm. I love the show Battlestar Galactica, but the ending made me not like the show as much. It is a good show, but I don't recommend it necessarily to people because I don't like the ending. This is worse in a different way, though. I don't necessarily think that way about every series. I don't think that way about every movie. You know, the ending is not the most crucial thing. But for this, unfortunately, they intrinsically linked the ending to the rest of the series. So just to be clear, Adrian Pinter. Oh, okay. Just to be clear. Like water. This episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, is a spoiler cast episode. We are spoiling Hawkeye. We just want to be very clear. I mean, that was in the description if you click this particular podcast episode, but I just want to make it clear. So now I'm going to go into that spoiler. Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin, Mm -hmm. specifically played by Vincent D'Onofrio, who played Kingpin in the Daredevil Netflix series, is in this series. He is, yeah. He is indeed. And the way that they teased it throughout the entire series of six episodes Mm -hmm. was like a... was like a much worse version than he was teased in the first five episodes or four episodes of the daredevil netflix series Mm -hmm. it's just worse so my question is why did you do it at all because i feel like you learned to do that from that daredevil series because that's the thing that did that the best do you recall the daredevil netflix series i do recall the daredevil netflix series I i love that show i think it's really great all three seasons are awesome especially that third season but do you remember how they did the first season where they kept teasing Wilson Fisk throughout the first like four episodes? No, honestly, I, I don't remember the, the exact way it did. It's been very many years since I've watched it, but I remembered that. You're rewatching but it. But then aren't you? I also just started yes, I also just started rewatching it with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I find that it's just kind of hilarious because what they do in that series in terms of teasing a big villain is so masterful. And this is just a worse version of that. And it's just so strange because even when they do the reveal, when they show the photo of him, it's like, well, we know, right? Like we already knew who it was, but they didn't do like a big reveal, like him smashing a guy with a car door. Yeah. They just did a non-shock in awe reveal of him as in a photo on a phone screen. Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, I agree with you. That reveal, although... I felt like quite excited. I was like, oh shit, he's coming. It was a little bit lackluster. The episode just ends with a picture of him. And you can't honestly necessarily make out that it is Vincent D'Onofrio until the credits start rolling. And it literally says that he was cast in this uh, show. I could make it out. It's just him kind of standing there with Vera Farmiga 
And uh, yeah, it was a little bit uh, lackluster. I mean, there's a couple reveals in that. Not only is it revealed that, yeah, okay, cool. Kingpin is going to be in the show. It's also revealed that uh, uh, Kate Bishop's mom is, you know, maybe a little bit more villainous than we thought she would be. And she's actually the one that hired, you know, Yelena to go, Yelena, sorry, to go um, after Clint Barton and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think that was a little bit neat, but I do agree that it was definitely less lackluster. I honestly didn't remember that's the uh, way they introduced Kingpin in the um, Daredevil series where he just smashes that guy. He's Voldemort. Yeah, he like smashes that guy's head in with the car door because I, I, I remember that scene vividly. I just That's I, not how they introduce him. Oh, they don't? Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought that's no. what you said. No, no, it 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 all comes to the forefront when that happens. Mm. It's just a very slow reveal. It's like they can't say his name. He's got this giant operation that he's in charge of. And there's the Russians. There's the um, there's a Lady Gao, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And they've got all of these different operations, and nobody can say his name. As Wesley, his like second in command, is kind of going to all of these people, and they're all asking like, "When can we see him? Like, why are we not seeing him face to face?" And they're referring to Wilson Fisk, but they never say his name. And when they are about to say his name at any point, he says, no, no, we don't say his name. It's like a, it's like this concept of he's a, a greater than a man. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's more, you know, he's more than a man, more than just one man. Yeah. That was the idea of that concept. And they do it so masterfully. And by the time we get, we don't really get to know him very well until that car door scene happens. And then you're kind of like, okay, I'm starting to get a better picture of who this guy actually is. It's not a reveal of the character itself, but it's a reveal of what's deep underneath, perhaps. And it's just, I don't know, it's just so brilliantly done. Yeah, that seems awesome. It's very, very, very brutal, and it's extremely shocking, and you're like, whoa, this show means business. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that the the version of him that we get in that last episode, if you did not watch Daredevil, which is not a required reading for that course, mm-hmm. arguably, you don't need to watch Daredevil. It's not. No one said that that's a part of the MCU. Not really. So if you just see that episode, you're just like, oh, this man is just a mob boss who might enjoy Hawaiian shirts a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of uh, ironic as well because. The way Daredevil deals with Wilson Fisk is that he is arguably more than a man. You know, they, they don't say his name and all of that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, he is kind of a man. He does have like those bulletproof suits and he's big and he's burly. And, you know, he does mean business, but he's definitely not as powerful as he is in this show. Not only did he get, you know, shot like in the chest by an arrow, he gets hit by a fucking car and thrown through like a like a brick wall. I think they definitely powered his character up in this show. Yeah. He's like a character in in the, in the, in the video game, Mortal Kombat, something like that. Like he straight up again, just tears off a car door like that. um, Kate Bishop's mom is like sitting in and like throws it away with ease. He gets shot in the chest with an arrow that like goes through his suit. Um, And yeah, it seems to, I guess, puncture his skin because he like literally snaps the arrow off. Um, And then again, just gets, rammed by a car and then thrown through a brick wall and just gets up and keeps fighting. Um, yeah, it makes no sense. It's it's a little bit odd. Um, again, maybe this isn't the exact same version as the one uh, of Daredevil like you mentioned. But what, what kind of version is he? Is he super, does he have super soldier serum? Did he take the Captain America super soldier serum? Like what? 
That, again, I have no idea. Um, maybe they're going a little bit more on the comic book route where he is literally just pure muscle. Like he's not actually like a, like a, like a chubby guy. He's, his entire body mass is just muscle. So maybe that's the angle they're going for. Are they though? But because they called that feels... the, the car dealership is called fat, fat guy, f- fat man cars something. or something like that. Yeah, I don't That's remember. a reference to him specifically. Yeah. So I think that they're just going for the same angle. I always kind of fear, felt like he was like a big guy. Like he's he's kind of fat and muscular at the same time in the comics. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the impression I always got personally. Yeah, but, I don't know. I, I don't read the comics enough to like give you a definitive answer on that. But that's just kind of what I got out of it. So yeah, it seemed it seemed a little bit odd. Like it it, it doesn't seem like that exact same version of Daredevil. And again, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the. Uh, that like it's an alternate universe a bunch of time has passed who knows maybe he did get some sort of super soldier serum there's a bunch of options that could explain that but unfortunately it wasn't explained in the show and uh no and nothing was explained in the show there's like i don't know it, it just seems like that whole character is a waste mm-hmm. he's supposed to be this at least in the daredevil series he's this really powerful guy and he's more powerful in his brain power i think than he is on his muscle like he's just a he's smart Although the scenes in which he does fight, he's brutal. You don't yeah. need to power him up. That's not necessary. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he rips the car door off and literally throws it away as if it's a piece of paper is uh, quite shocking. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty stupid. It doesn't make any sense. He's a, just a man. And uh, a, a man wearing a dumb hat and a, and a Hawaiian shirt who's in charge of guys in red tracksuits and that literally works in a basement of a garbage factory or something yeah. because he's, his office is a junk pile. I don't know mm-hmm. why anyone's even scared of him at all. It's, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. Other than the fact that he's super powered, I guess, now. Yeah, it's, 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 it goes against like what it is in Daredevil because, yeah, it's just in Daredevil, he owns a lot. He's rich. He's powerful. He's smart. He has all these connections. He builds himself up to be that over time. And – in this one, it's just kind of like he's in similar sort of thing where it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is probably connected to a bunch of people. But, yeah, we don't really see that at all. And you mentioned his like Hawaiian costume thing. That's uh, ripped straight out of the comic books. Actually, Ken sent me a picture. It's from a Spider-Man comic book. I think that was intentional to have that because, again, that this episode aired just like maybe actually never mind. It aired the week after. But anyways, there's a. Uh, there's connections with Spider-Man with that outfit. And I think that again was uh intentional, like Marvel's uh Marvel wanted to do that to, you know, make it a little bit more Easter eggy. Um, but yeah, the, the decision to just have him shot in the face. Theoretically. Um, <laughs> in the show was a very odd one that I, that, that is the one I think creative choice of this show that I just really hate. And I'm sure he survives. I don't think he's dead. And I think him being powered up in this show was supposed to hint at that. I know there's like in the comics, um, Echo actually does shoot him in the face and he becomes blind. And if they do go that route where, you know, he's blind and, you know, they bring in Daredevil and they have them like go up against each other. I think that would add a really cool dynamic between them because not only ne- like his Daredevil blind, but now even his like arch nemesis is. I think that's a cool idea, but we don't mm. know that's going to happen. And it's definitely possible that he is dead. We, you, you don't, you see, um, he's not dead. Like you see Echo like pull the trigger and you hear his body hit the ground. We don't see him die, but uh, yeah, if they do just kill him off, that would be. 
I'd, I'd be astonished in all the wrong ways. Um, unfortunately, he won't be dead. So that's not what I think has happened. But I just don't think that that's what's interesting because you're just introducing him for the first time. So even making him blind now is idiotic because mm-hmm. this is the first time we've seen him. So why are you making him blind in the first time we've seen him? Like, again, Daredevil is not a required reading for this course. I will say this a hundred times. I just mm-hmm. don't get that. Kingpin should be the kingpin from the comic because he's the first time. He's one of the most interesting villains, too, in theory. He's a villain in Daredevil. He's a villain in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, he's just not blind in most of the comics. I, I, I could be wrong. I guess Ken write into us if he's blind in most of the comics. I don't think he is, man. So, I, yeah, but is that an interesting dynamic? Mm, not really. I don't know. I, I just think that that's just not, I just don't get it. I just don't, I don't understand. It. I just don't get any of the choices that were made. Mm-hmm. They built him up so much. Not not just him. They built up Jack Duquesne so much. They built uh, they built up Eleanor Bishop. By the way, I guessed that right in the beginning, in the first episode. I don't know about you. But she's I guessed like that a, she was the villain. That she's a bad bloke. So did Dawn. My girlfriend yeah. Dawn, she guessed that right away. It's mm-hmm. incredibly obvious the way that they hint. It's like there's no twist. Where is the twist? But they're like pretending that there is one, like for the whole show. Hmm. Like Jack is supposed to be this bad guy, but he's like a red herring. Which I, I actually quite like that they did that. I think Tony Dalton Oof, no. is such a charismatic dude. Um, oh, I and- love Jack. No, no. Tony Dalton did a great job. The writing's bad. Yeah, and uh, I just I, – I like the – again, I, I like the idea that he's just like a really nice, genuine guy. Like it goes – uh, it's total opposite from what he is in um, Better Call Saul. Just as charismatic, but also not a required reading for this course. I know, Simon. I'm just I'm just saying that as a point. Um, but yeah, again, I I quite like that decision. I I like that he's just a good dude. It's not something I um expected really. And uh, yeah, again, Tony Dalton's performance was top tier. It was, but it is a useless character in this show. It's not useful. He has no backstory. There's no, they didn't dive into his character. They introduce many characters and they do not do anything with them. They introduce the concept that um, Clint Barton is, is going deaf and they dive into it in the beginning and completely forget about it by the end. It's not even an important plot point at all by the end. That's just not how you wrap up arcs of a, of a TV series. These shows are, have kind of proven one time and time again, they're just filler. They're just building up for the movies at this point. And uh, I'm not liking them, to be honest. There's there's only one that's legitimate, and it's the Loki series. Mm-hmm. The other ones are really not quite, not very good. Like they're they're just they're they never stick the landing because they don't have enough time. So we build they build them up in the first few episodes. There's a lot of potential, but by the end, they've got no no steam. They don't they don't follow up on any of the threads that they've started. Mm-hmm. Well, it feels like it goes back to the status quo with each of these. I think Loki's the only one where it ends on like a like a whoa, where where's this gonna go sort of thing. But every other one, you can probably just take or leave. Like you don't have to watch any of these shows to watch any of the movies realistically. Yeah, it'll add a little bit more. And I think I said this when we reviewed um, uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Man, and I said like you know these these shows are pretty inconsequential and. You don't necessarily need to watch WandaVision to know exactly what's going to go down in like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, as an example. Yeah, it'll fill in some blanks, but I don't think it's uh, like you've been saying a required reading um, to to watch the next movies going forward. It's um, yeah, it's it's odd that Marvel Studios is doing this when. I mean, I guess you can watch a lot of the MCU movies without watching the ones before it. But again, like 
like Thor Ragnarok as an example, in theory, that movie can stand on its own. It's it's just a genuinely great and interesting movie, but you should probably watch all the movies leading up to it. Um, maybe not all of them, but at least the Thor movies and the Avengers movies to know like how, you know, Thor, like what, why Thor, like Thor's relationship with Loki, so on, so forth. Um, but yeah, the, these, these shows all in all, I, I do agree with you. They, they seem inconsequential other than Loki. And I'm very like, it's also interesting that Loki is really the only show that is announced to have a season two because Captain Falcon and the Winterman, they're making a Captain America four with um, Sam Wilson as, as Captain America. And, you know, we know that WandaVision kind of leads into Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. This show kind of just ends. Like, I don't even know where this show is going to go. It feels like it needs a second season, but they didn't announce one, which kind of throws me off. And I know that, we're getting that Echo show. And I know, like, I think Echo is a pretty interesting character in this show. But, and, and again, uh, what was her name? Uh, Alakwa Cox. Yeah. Does an amazing job in that character. She's actually deaf and, uh, you know, brings a lot to this show. But I just don't understand. But they didn't fulfill any of those plot threads, though. They, they're not really diving into that in any major or significant way. It's all surface. Well, yeah, that's what I mean is just like I just don't see where they can go with this Echo character either. Like I I don't understand how she's supposed to kind of just have her own show. I I don't – I find her interesting enough in this. I just can't imagine a show where she's just kind of the the central character. Where is this show going to go? Is this – like I don't I don't understand why they didn't just announce a season two of Hawkeye and kind of continue her storyline with Kate Bishop or something like that. Or maybe maybe they're not going to be connected. I just – I don't know. I'm kind of uh, at odds with where this show ends and where it's leading. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I do indeed. Although I do think that there's going to be a season two. So I don't, I, I feel like that that's a given. I did feel like that. And I said that on episode uh, 78 of our regular podcast. I hope there is like, I want there to be because I really like Kate Bishop and you know, the show ends with uh, like Clint Barton, like passing the torch to Kate Bishop. Um yeah, she she Kate Bishop bests a, uh, a significantly stronger version of Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Somehow she's the one to fight him after Hawkeye is so scared of him the whole time. Yeah, he. How many times did he mention that? A few times, by the way, throughout the show. Oh, the big guy's gonna get involved. That's why I didn't. That's why I can't go home for Christmas because if the big guy gets involved, I'm I'm I'm, ter- I'm scared. And then he doesn't even go help her with the big guy. Yeah, he just gets stuck with Belova and he's not like in a rush to get, go help her. Yeah. He knows he's out there. He knows he's involved, but he doesn't do anything to go fix that. And even that fight scene, he's just trying to walk out the door. He's like, Oh, you're just a pest. I'm just going to walk away. I'm talking about Kingpin. Of course. It's like, why don't you try to kill her? Yeah. Like, Cause he's not a good guy and he's trying to kill. He's vicious. Y- yeah. You'd think you'd think. Yeah. He just keeps on like, he keeps on like swatting her aside like an insect as opposed to like considering that she, like seeing her as a formidable foe that he should just kill. You know what right, I mean? But the problem with it is that we don't think we don't really know that he's formidable. That's the issue. So if we knew that he was formidable by getting again, context from an episode that would have given us, given us that context of what he's about, what he's actually in charge of, how is he running the city? In what way is it his city? Is it really his city at all? Or is it just something he believes and it's not really true? Where is the context that makes us believe that he is a formidable foe for her to fight? 
Otherwise, he's swatting her away, and he just seems like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Sure, he took the car door off, but that's like a quick frame. That's not like a... That doesn't mean anything. People are afraid of him, but it, there's nothing to give us any context of what he's in charge of other than people who are literally called the red tracksuit mafia. Yeah, the, tra- yeah, the tracksuits, um, which are very uninteresting characters, <laughs> to say the least. No, well, they're funny, but that's kind of the theme it's going for. It's going for this concept. I just don't think that he fits into that theme because no, when you all. watch Daredevil, he doesn't fit into that theme. And to go just to kind of into, if we might, in, unless you have something more to say about this, I, I think we should talk about the fight choreography and the way that it's shot mm-hmm. and that whole thing. I have a lot to good, of good things actually to say about the fight choreography. I yeah. think it's one of the better shows for fight choreography. What did you think? Uh, I agree with you, but I do think it's a little inconsistent, um, not only with some of the fight scenes in general, but just kind of the power. Like I, we kind of talked about it between Kate Bishop and Kingpin. The, the power struggles or like the the hierarchy of power, I guess I should say, of these characters is so inconsistent and doesn't really make sense at all. Um, it's it's odd. I Like with Jeremy Renner as an example, like his Hawkeye, like he sometimes gets like he's getting his ass, ass kicked a few times. We talked about this on episode 78. He's getting his ass kicked a few times. And I'm like, dude, you're an Avenger. You killed like aliens and shit like that. It's it just does it seems uh, a lot of these fight scenes are made for plot convenience, even with like Yelena and Kate Bishop. Like, why is Kate Bishop even standing a chance against Yelena? Yeah, maybe Yelena's holding back, but literally in the episode prior, two episodes prior, Yelena says like, "If you get in my way, I will kill you." But it's just like, nah, I'm just gonna play around, and for whatever reason, Kate Bishop doesn't best her, but puts up a fight, and it makes. Quite literally no sense. How does Kate Bishop know how to fight so goddamn well? Right. Yeah, she's a good archer. You know, she's skilled in that. But where did she learn to fight as good as a fucking Black Widow? It's it's a little bit of an odd choice. So this is kind of goes back to what I was just saying in that um, you I know you liked Tony Dalton, but I don't think I know Tony Dalton's amazing. And the Tony Dalton brings a lot to his characters just by just grinning. Because mm-hmm. he's a great actor. And yeah. I, honestly, I, I don't know where I, I haven't seen him in much. <laughs> Better Call Saul, he's absolutely amazing. But like, we haven't seen, I haven't seen him in enough, obviously, because he's amazing. But that's not the issue. The issue is there's no writing to give him a backstory. And then to go above that, where has Kate Bishop learned to fight? We see a karate class in which Echo, what, uh, Lacko Cox's character, Maya, mm-hmm. her character is in a karate class. She's learning to fight. So we get that idea. Where's the backstory of the main character of this show? Where is that that scene where she's learning to fight day after day? It's like a show that doesn't really take itself seriously enough, and we don't get enough of a backstory for these characters. Mm-hmm. And they, it's because they don't have time. And they don't want to seem to have, they don't seem to want to have time to make time to make these episodes to to give us a backstory for to make us feel invested. I am not invested enough. I'm sorry, I'm not invested enough in Kate Bishop. I am as a comic book character. I think that she's really cool from my understanding of her. And Haley Steinfeld does a great job. And yeah. the relationship between Clint Barton, like Jeremy Renner's chemistry with Haley Steinfeld, great. Mm-hmm. But that's not enough. There needs to be more. And I don't understand why there's... I was just watching Daredevil. I just said that. And I watched an episode recently where they give a backstory for Benny Urich. I don't know if you remember Benny Urich there, Adrian. No, I do not. I'll be honest with you. Benny Urich is the reporter in season one. They introduce his wife, his struggles, 
his contacts. They take their time. They can slow down scenes. They can show him sitting by her bedside as she's sick. They give us a full picture of what Benny Urick is going through. They have him have a meeting with the friggin' hospital superintendent to like try and get a better situation for his wife who's in the hospital. That's the time that they have to do that that makes us feel for these characters and it makes us feel like this is a serious thing. Like these, that I, I care about this situation. It's not just a kind of a joke. I don't know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. We don't know how she got this good. We saw her karate, whatever, her Taekwondo trophies. I don't know what, they remember they showed that case. The, oh the yeah, that's trophies. a good point. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. We do see that, but is that enough is my question. Do you think that's enough for us to have context enough to how she could suddenly, by the way, by the end of the show, suddenly do the Black Widow move where she can somehow take somebody down by rolling around on their head. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Gripping their head between the, her thighs and taking them down. Where, where was that in the beginning of the show? She could just suddenly do that in the last two episodes. Did you notice that? Yeah, her, yeah, like the, the, es- like how quickly her skills escalate, like throughout the season. Over five days. Again, be- in real time. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, true that. It's only five days is, is shocking to me. And like, I, I do disagree with you. I was invested in Kate Bishop's character and her story. I really like her character. Um, and uh, I do agree with you with the chemistry between Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. Uh, I think it's awesome. I like your character too. That's not the point, though. This is not a TV series. This is something else. The reason why I watch TV series is because it does do backstory. That's why I like The Leftovers. Like, because it goes through and, and takes its time and does literally. Do you remember that episode for Kingpin where they do the backstory episode? They do flashbacks? In Daredevil or Leftovers? Yeah, in Daredevil, right? So you were just talking about The Leftovers. I was trying to keep track. Well, Kingpin isn't in The Leftovers. That's a. Yeah, I was like, what? Quick switch there, Simon. Quick switch. Well, every show that I've ever watched that's good does a good job with backstory because it takes its time and makes you feel invested in the character. Yeah. Like, we feel invested because of how long we've watched. Somebody should be able to pick up Hawkeye and enjoy Hawkeye on its own. That's That's how Daredevil is designed, and that's how Jessica Jones is designed. These shows are not like that. You have to already be invested in Loki before you watch the show, I think. Mm -hmm. You have to be like, oh, I like Loki. I'm watching the show because Loki's cool. I like Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Mm-hmm. I like Clint Barton. Jeremy Renner does a good job. There's there's just little, very little background. There's very mm-hmm. little flashbacks. It's actually one of the, my criticisms of Black Widow. I said this before. Black Widow should have shown the relationship between Clint Barton and Natasha Romanoff. Mm-hmm. Where was that? Like, why why don't we get to see that? Why did they talk about it as if it's just something something that existed, but we don't get to see that at all? When it completely dictated those characters and their relationship, that's my question. So it's the same thing. But now they yeah. have a TV show to do that, and they chose not to do it. They chose not to do any backstory at all. Yeah, I'm interested to see that um, if they do continue like Hawkeye season two or whatever, if if, if we're going to look back on this first season a little bit more fondly or if, or if something's going to come out and somehow retroactively make a make this season better. Um, we, we, we talked about a couple of movies that, that do do that. Like, uh, as an example, uh, rogue one, I think retroactively makes a new hope, a better movie like star Wars, a rogue one makes a new hope is an incredible movie. Yeah. It, but, but that's, that's the thing is that movie's already really good. I just don't know that there's anything that retroactively makes a movie good. Better. Like, it, it may make it better, but it's just not going to make, yeah. it's not going to make this series. Like the next season will not make the series good because Kingpin is completely botched. 
I did the the one word I would use to describe this, and I and I did this on a recent a closer look. I used the the opposite word, and the word is Adrian irresponsible. That's the word I would use to describe Hawkeye, the mm. TV series, irresponsible. I don't know. I don't get it. It's it's odd because it get it gears up so well. And the fight scenes, by the way, we're talking about fight choreography. There's a lot of these scenes. There's this one shot scene where there's a car chase. Oh, it's awesome! Unbelievable! It's brilliant. So well done. So, so whoever was in charge of that, kudos to that guy. The music, unbelievable. The titling, unbelievable. All the top notch. This is a, it reminds me actually more of a, probably these series actually are reminding me a lot of Apple TV Plus originals in that incredible, incredible production values. They clearly have a lot of money to throw around, but not on the writing side. The writing to me is not good. And to clarify, I don't want to say that, you know, all of the Apple TV Plus originals have bad writing. That's just not what I'm trying to say. There's just a couple of them that I'm just so surprised that the production values are so great, but the writing seems so weird and plot holy, as I've talked about on our regular podcast. And uh, yeah, there's just not enough to be invested in. You say, again, you're invested in Haley Steinfeld's uh, Kate Bishop. Fine. I understand. But imagine a episode that was completely dedicated to a backstory for Kate Bishop. Would you not have wanted that? That's my question, I think, most of all. If you could have gotten that. Yeah, of course I would want it. Yeah. A full episode of her kind of going through the stages of her life, potentially, in an interesting way. Maybe there's no story to be told there, but I think there is. If she can fight that well, how the heck? I would like to see her win these archery competitions. Mm -hmm. We just don't have enough, and that's why we're questioning the way she fights, because we don't see anything that really gives us the context to believe that she could beat Kingpin, as an example. Because Kingpin ripped the car door off. Yeah, it's hinges. Not even beat him, just stand up to him at all. Uh, like, like, but yeah, she, she, she does actually best him. Okay, yeah. yeah where's his confidence? Of, where's this confidence come from? That's that's the question. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, in that case, unfortunately, and uh, yeah, it's it's um it's interesting. Yeah, like some of the yeah some of the the the, the fight choreography is really good, and like when they are using the trick arrows and stuff, it's really fun and cool, but. Uh, yeah, I think it, it. I think it flounders a bit um, with a few scenes. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too, and we t- we talked about this on episode seventy eight of our podcast, but I I called it in some way bland, and I don't really I don't know if I mean that. I feel like that's a little bit bad mm-hmm. to say. I, I was saying that some of it is bland, um, some of that fight choreography. I think what's the the problem is here is that there was great effort taken by the Russo brothers and there was great effort taken by Joss Whedon in the first two Avengers movies to specifically highlight really cool fighting moments. Mm -hmm. They slowed down time. They did these really cool tricks to make them interesting because they cannot show blood and they can't show brutality, but it's violence. And the problem is with violence, you kind of have to show that there's some kind of stakes. Otherwise, it just looks like these people are dancing. They're doing the waltz or they're doing a tango. They're not really fighting because you know that they can't show any significant blood. Even when they show Kingpin getting shot, they don't show it. And you have to wonder why that is. But then when you look at Daredevil, they show everything. Mm -hmm. And they show the brutal punches that you see blood like literally spraying from his hands. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a different style of choreography. You have to do a lot more. But there's not a single fight scene in this show that even gets close to the hallway fight scene in season one, episode two of Daredevil. Yeah. And uh, I think it has a lot to do with the brutality of it and the fact that you, Disney's a little too afraid of showing brutality. 
They're just they, they can't do it. They're, they have no ability to do it because they're. I think they're they're trying to appease everybody. And um, and the thing that worries me most of all of this uh, on this fact is that there's inevitably going to be a daredevil property that comes out, whether it be a movie or a TV show. And I'm wondering, what is that going to look like? Are they going to Disneyfy it? Are they going to make it this like really bland kind of thing? Because again, I, kudos to all the choreographers who have worked on these Marvel properties, who have done these really cool fight sequences. But the really cool ones are ones that they took the time to really shoot brilliantly because again, they can't show that brutality. So I mentioned again many times the Black Widow fight scene in the beginning of Captain America Civil War. It's very memorable. I, I could mention that slow down fight scene or, or the, even the, the Thor versus Hulk fight scene in, in Avengers 1. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good because it's so different and they know exactly the hierarchy of these heroes fighting each other. But I think there's like a lot of care put into these and maybe a little bit more than the fight choreography in like a movie like John Wick because John Wick is rated R and you can kind of do whatever you want. But it gets brutal when you see Kingpin fight for the first time in Daredevil season one. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. That guy like he, he packs a punch. He packs a wallop. And you don't see it like that in this, and especially against Kate Bishop, he's just not going to. I almost wonder, like he can't. They they, they can't even for plot reasons, for not not even for plot reasons, but for Disney reasons, they can't have him really hurt Kate Bishop at all. Can't can they? Because she's like a small person in regards to the fact that he's double her size, and he could probably crush her head within his hands. Oh, he definitely could. Considering he can, yeah. Right, but he's not going to because it's Disney, it's a Disney version, which is fine, by the way, and that's okay. It all kind of lives in its own space. The fight scene, by the way, between Yelena Belova and Kate Bishop in that apartment building or whatever, that office building, Mm -hmm. where they shoot it so brilliantly through the walls, unbelievable. Really, really cool. It's the way it's shot, though, that makes it more impressive and less so the choreography itself. Mm-hmm. The choreography is really good too, because again, they made it interesting with the way it's shot. Yeah, it, it's really great. I, I do love that fight scene, but the issue with it is it doesn't really make sense. Like, no stakes. No, there, the, yeah, Adrian, these fight scenes have no high stakes. You kind of know that Yelena Belova is not going to kill Clint Barton because that would make her a villain, and Yelena Belova is not going to be a villain. It, yeah. I think it's kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you know, that whole fight scene is kind of useless. The yeah. one that was interesting was Kingpin versus Kate Bishop, but is there stakes there? Potentially, we don't know what's going to happen, but she's not really better than him theoretically. But he's also not interested in the fight. Yeah, it's like they weren't even fighting. <laughs> like he isn't even—he's not even interested in fighting. He's just swatting her, swatting her away like a fly, and she clicks a coin at an arrow and blows it up at his feet. Mm-hmm. He just underestimated her, but we never get to actually see anything that he is capable of. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. It's a lot of disappointment for me personally there's a lot of great things about it and there's a lot of great people who worked on the show kudos to christoph you know christoph beck whose music was amazing kudos to the people who did the some of the fight choreography kudos to like uh reese thomas and bird and birdie who like directed the the show i just think personally that the writing it's not even the writer's fault i just think you can't write this show in six episodes and make something significant or something that matters or something that has high enough stakes Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because I feel like this show kind of tries to balance this like lighthearted Christmas nature with these, you know, darker themes. And I don't think it does it successfully. 
um, which is unfortunate. However, it's still like enjoyable as like a lighthearted Christmas romp, in my opinion. And I still like the show. I, I, I think of one scene in particular, probably my favorite scene in the show. It, it's funny that you mentioned it uh, where they they go down the line of like, oh, like it, Clint Barton can't hear like he's actually getting deaf. And I love that aspect of the show. It is lame that they kind of throw it away which I didn't really think about until you mentioned it, to be honest with you. I'm like, damn, that, that kind of sucks. But yeah. um, it sucks because it felt like it was very meaningful in the first few episodes. And then it seemed like the writer, the writers changed direction. Like yeah. we don't want to deal with this anymore. That, and that to me was the biggest shame because it's such a, I feel like such an important topic. Mm-hmm. And and what made it so meaningful as well is that scene in particular when, uh, you know, Clint is trying to talk to his son, like on the phone. Yeah. But, you know, his like hearing aids broken and, you know, like Kate Bishop's like writing on the pieces of paper, like what he's saying and stuff. And that scene was like very heartfelt and awesome. And I think it was a great scene to, you know, further the relationship between these two characters, but also show like a like a vulnerability in Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, and it, it would be interesting if they could explore it further, not in the way that Sound of Metal did, but think yeah. about the way Sound of Metal does it like what we have like you have this crossroads where you can kind of talk about this kind of this this theme in a big way that's not just surface and they chose to just do the very very surface and just mm-hmm. forget about it completely yeah so it just kind of makes you wonder because i don't imagine maya will be in the next season so they had this like also maya with him mm-hmm. and the fact that she crushed his hearing aid that is such an interesting dynamic yeah that they just don't explore and again, it's just shocking. There's a, but there's a lot like that. Again, again, I do think that Tony Dalton, Jack Duquesne is literally in the comics, the guy who trains Hawkeye. So what would you, why would you bring him in here and then just make him a guy who has no backstory at all? It's just a question that you, where did he learn to fence? Probably in fencing school. Yeah. Very interesting concept. Very <laughs> That's really all I got for you. Really well done plot lines. Yeah. Just, is that not disappointing? About Tony Dalton, you really like him, but I don't get why you like his character because there's not any, there's nothing there. I don't know. I just like the idea that he's just a really nice guy. Like, I don't know. There's something about that where he's like, he's a genuine dude, and yeah, you know, the uh, the, 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 the series I mean, kind of builds him up like, oh, he's actually the bad bloke. You know, it's this red herring, as you said. Jack Duquesne is Dottie from Wandavision. That's what Jack Duquesne is for me. Mm, yeah, fair enough. I can see that waste, kind of a wasteful character. This concept that, honestly, again, I knew that she, the, the the again the mother was the villain. I don't know, like it was. There was a lot of hints throughout. It's like they weren't they weren't being coy. It was almost like a mystery that was designed for kind of like for you to figure it out. Ten years old, early ten year olds in less. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like maybe a ten year old wouldn't figure it out. Maybe that's what I kind of felt like. She just seemed villainous the whole time to me. Yeah. She was just very secretive. There was just so much there. She's arguing with Armand and then Armand ends up dead. Like that's a if you're a detective, that's in the first episode. You're like, well, yeah, the mom did it. <laughs> like well, I don't <laughs> understand. Like, what are you hiding? Where was the where was the sense of again, the sense of a twist? Yeah. What's Armand about? What's Armand's business? What did you ca- Jack Duquesne, where did he get his money from? Why did Jack Duquesne argue uh, like pretend that he wasn't good at fencing? For plot convenience, yeah. why did he steal? Uh, why did he steal Hawkeye's or I guess Ronan's sword? Why did he do that? I, like, is the only reason because he's just a sword aficionado, which is kind of what it is. Like, he really is just a sword aficionado. So maybe that was the reason. So he's a thief. Yeah, 
because he's a sword aficionado, he's a thief, mm-hmm. but he's actually a good guy, but he stole a a item that would have gone for what I don't know how much money they were going for, but a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. Millions, maybe. So is he a good guy? Or is that a plot convenience situation where it's more convenient to show him steal the sword so that you can make the audience believe that he's something more than he is? Yeah. But then to throw that away when we already know that Eleanor Bishop is the villain. Because you didn't do anything to hide that, really. That was kind of obvious because she's the one with the most motive. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just don't. Maybe I'm missing something. And we can't really talk about this on the regular episode because it would spoil yeah. uh, the show. So it's like uh, I would say right into us audience, but I don't know if you can. I, I'd like to read your letters, but I don't really know much that I can talk about. One good thing. I should mix in some good things here. Love pizza dog. Yeah, but underutilized. That's another issue. 100%. But they're all underutilized. Who isn't? Oh, except for the LARPers who are honestly overstayed their welcome, but in my opinion. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I, I like their edition. I, I think it's kind of like cutesy and – um, oh, I love the addition, but why are you going back to it multiple times? I don't really understand this. You just, put these random c- civilians in harm's way? It seems kind of weird. Well, they're not necessarily random civilians. Like, they're they're firefighters and police officers. Who dress up in costumes instead of their firefighter outfits. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're going to we're gonna direct traffic, but we're going to change into LARPing outfits. Yeah. To be fair, they do acknowledge that being ridiculous with uh, – like Clint Burton being like, oh, we're all going to die or something like that. He says something along the lines when he's oh, like sure. stuck in the tree for. Yeah. He's stuck in the tree for a very long time now that I think about it. He's like stuck in the tree for like half the fucking episode. Not actually, but yeah. yeah. And the yeah, the, the way like Kate kind of shoots the tree down. I'm like there. You could have. There was a better way to do this. So many better ways than to vandalize a tree that yeah. they. A huge tree. Probably had to put up for several hours. Maybe multiple days. The one thing I was wondering in that last episode was like, where the hell are the cops? Like, why is it taking them so long to show up? And not only that, Kate Bishop and Clint Barton, they kill a lot of people throughout this show. Like a lot. I was like thinking about it. I think in that car chase scene in particular, maybe we don't see them die. But like you see cars blow up. Like they literally shoot like a car's engine and it explodes with people in it and stuff like that. Not only that, at the end. Like that last fight scene, Clint Barton, you know, shoots the one guy. I think it's Clint Barton. He like shoots the one guy in the leg with the freeze arrow. That leg's gone. Yeah, that leg's gone. That entire leg is frozen solid. That guy, I think, is dead. Honestly, I don't recall. I think their explosions were pretty well like shown to be pretty non-lethal for a lot of them. And from what I saw, maybe I'm I'm mistaken. But I feel like the leg guy, though, that guy's probably more than just the leg is – gone he might yeah. be dead honestly he bleeds out after the leg shatters exactly and not only that they they uh they shrink the one car with the two guys in it those guys are dead and then an owl just picks it up and just leaves like those guys are fucked there's <laughs> like, something those- weird about the lighthearted nature of some of the violence in these in these movies and shows when you look at them but this is one of the weirder ones like yeah. they, they're just making light of like human death all the time it's weird it's almost like looney tunes yeah because because yeah they're yeah, that's a good uh comparison it is very looney tunes like because they are quite literally murderers and they play up the whole bit of like when you know clint barton was ronin and how like he murdered a bunch of people i guess he was murdering no, he wasn't really murdering innocent people, though. He was still murdering, like, bad blokes. So, like, what's really the difference? He's just doing it with a bow and arrow now. I don't know. It's a little on. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, too. Like, if you look at Daredevil, if you – again, I, I'm so happy I'm watching this over again because it's is so brilliant. And it's in a different league. It's like I don't even get how they're both rated 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. 
They're just so drastically different. But my point is that if you watch it, it's crazy how much the morality of the whole thing is is weighing on Matthew Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, so that weighs on Matthew Murdoch to such an extent by these crazy moments of people dying potentially or getting injured or being in comas. He doesn't kill anyone almost in that. Like he, he tries not to at least. Mm-hmm. In this – they're like, oh, we kill them. It's okay. That owl, yeah. I'm sure, won't eat them. Yeah. And the guy's frozen leg. That guy's dead. They're, they're like, <laughs> that guy's so it's fucked. Home Alone. <laughs> it's freaking Home Alone. Of like, <laughs> I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is also a Christmas movie, to be fair. So maybe it was intentional. But yeah, it's fine. But it's just again, when I'm comparing it to Daredevil again, because just how badly it was han- handled, Kingpin. It's just in contrast. If you want to see a good way to handle Kingpin, the, I think I said this earlier but my girlfriend never watched daredevil before mm-hmm. and so the concept of not knowing who kingpin actually is but then watching like we know who he is so we have a different perspective but if you could try to erase that concept of who we know vincent d'onofrio's kingpin is and then watch this show that guy is not a good he's not running anything <laughs> this guy is a guy who again runs a, ma- a mafia he runs a junk shop in a car dealership Mm-hmm. And he claims that he runs the city, but like your mafia is pretty shitty. They're just talking about Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. They're talking about Imagine Dragons the like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a, they stop fights to talk about Imagine Dragons and Maroon Five. Like this is the people you hired. I, I I get it. The humor's fine. I like the Marvel humor. It's fine. But this guy is supposed to be a pretty serious villain. Mm-hmm. Of all of the villains that you could choose, I feel like this guy is one of the more serious. Look at Shang Chi. The villain in that is that guy's pretty brutal mm-hmm. if you think about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't like it. I just don't like it, and I don't know that I will ever like it because my biggest pet peeve in things is plot holes, and I think this is all a bunch of moves based on plot convenience. And I don't think they did enough to to really give backstory to characters they needed to, mm-hmm. and. I don't think there's anything they can do retroactively that would make me feel like they handled these characters properly. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know that, it, again, it, it's, yeah, it's shocking. It's shocking. It's shockingly bad. This is, I got to say, it's probably the worst one because I just, mm, wow. worst show that Marvel has put out so far. And I don't know that it's going to get any better because we watched the trailer, whatever, the teaser from Moon Knight. I'm so excited for Moon Knight because I saw Oscar Isaac's fight choreography or his training for the fight choreography online. If you want to look that up, you can. Oscar Isaac looks like he's just getting in shape. He's doing it. He's doing the right things. And he looks like he's going to fight brutally. He will not be fighting brutally. From everything I understand, this is going to be a Disney Plus show. They just won't do anything brutal. They just won't. So unless they Mm. surprise me and put this on star, this is just not going to be any different. And I think the fight choreography... It's going to be Disney, Disneyfied. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just going to be. Well, I mean, to be fair, like to uh, to come in like defense of that, although this show didn't do it, when I think about Captain Falcon and the Winter Man, there's the, not only the one fight scene uh, between, you know, like Captain Falcon, the Winter Man and uh, Captain America 2 or whatever his name is, um, Kurt Russell's son. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Um, like that fight scene's like pretty brutal but there's also literally the scene where Wyatt Russell just bashes the guy's like head in with the shield and you do see the blood on the shield on like that those steps how important was that how important was that to the show because that's the thing that I remember the most about that show yeah that's the most important scene in the entire show there is nothing else better than that scene because it's the shock value is important mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's the end of episode four and then again the beginning of episode five. Yeah. And that like kind of leads in and I, I really like that. That's pretty much the only thing I really like loved about that show. I know. Um, Isn't that kind of sad? Yeah. It is a little bit too sad. But I'm cu- I'm I don't curious. Know if that's like us. If- is it are we just not we don't like maybe the Marvel Cinematic Universe as much as we think we do. I, I'm not sure what the – maybe I don't. I just don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm getting confused because, I, I again, I love some of the fight choreography in Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. God, it's so – yeah. That, that, it seems that, hard that hitting. so freaking – yeah, I love that movie. It's very memorable. I just feel like they're just dancing. They're dancing in some of these scenes. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of good choreography in Hawkeye, but the stakes are low in a lot of it, and it just feels like they're dancing. Mm-hmm. I just, man, woo, woo, surface. Yeah. Just scratching the surface of what you could do. Oh, sorry, man. There's one other thing that's super important to say before. Say we, it. I don't know if you've got anything else, but. Say it. Say, but I have something to say. Say it. They rickrolled us. The end yeah. of the show is a rickroll. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. They didn't put an end credit scene at the end. They could have announced the Daredevil series. They could have done anything. They could have just shown Kingpin in the hospital. They could have done any. They could have. They could have like just shown another scene with Hawkeye and and freaking Kate Bishop. And I would have been happy for, happy with it. They showed us the damn musical scene for like six minutes, and it's not even good. It's yeah, just, I I hate it. I really hate. That it. That was a Rickroll. Yeah. They literally just. You may as well just play the Rickroll song. Just throw Rick Astley on there, and I I would have liked it better. Yeah. It, 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 I wonder if they realized that at Marvel that they were doing that though that they they ended on this cliffhanger for Kingpin a beloved character and then they put that musical thing at the end did they not think that that might not work out for them that people might not like that I'm curious if they anyone thought that that was bad because that's one of the worst things chosen well it's interesting because like we are definitely in the minority like I still like this show I'm just a little bit lukewarm on it and I think the ending is is it falls flat and you you straight up do not like this uh, show. It's it confuses me uh, like how far off we are in comparison to the rest of like like the people that like this show. Like that it's not a complaint I heard, and everyone that I really spoke to in person, only a couple people to be fair, but they really liked this show. They thought it was awesome and really fun. I found the opposite. Oh really? Yeah, that's interesting because yeah, like a, a couple of my coworkers and I think Ken as well. Um, like like they all liked it so. I didn't talk to Ken actually, interestingly, about Hawkeye. So that was one that I didn't. Uh, yeah. Funnily enough, he is a coworker of mine, but I didn't get to talk to him. But a, a few people I talked to, not about the show in general, but just about the Kingpin aspect. If they had watched, uh, if they had watched Daredevil previously, almost everyone dis- was disappointed with the way that Kingpin Vincent D'Onofrio's version of Wilson Fisk was handled. Yeah, that was the big thing. Not necessarily that they disliked the show, but that they disliked that aspect. But for me, that's a stain on the show. It can't it can't be wiped off because you 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 invested so much of the show to Kingpin, mm-hmm. pretty much from the beginning. He's the man pulling the strings the entire time. He's the important plot point that you finally reveal in the end of episode five, and then once you do that, then you show him in the beginning of episode six. You do a great job in the beginning of that episode. But then you never followed through. You never showed where he has been for the last few years. Is this an alternate universe? We have no idea and no context. And my girlfriend just doesn't know who he is at all. Yeah. She's like, oh, wow, he's just a mob boss. Like, yeah, it's just a mob boss. 
Just another mob boss. Yeah. He's a big guy. It's interesting. Big I'm guy. I'm looking uh, at Hawkeye's like Rotten Tomatoes. I was because I know it's rev- like above a 90 on uh, the tomato meter. So I was curious with the audience scores. It's also a 90 or it is at a 90 with the audience score. It's an interesting one. It is interesting, but you got to keep in mind people vote on that way before the last episode airs. Yeah. So true. is that that is true too? Yeah. I, I don't know if you can find the last episode, just a, a number for that, and see maybe a better representation. But let's see. But uh, yeah. I wonder if I can. Yeah, on the last episode, there's no audience score. It's a hundred percent seven critic ratings, but no audience score. Bam. It seems as though yeah, we're I guess we're in the minority on this one. Well, you seem to like it though, don't you? I still do, yeah. Like I, I would, I would rate it a pass. It's probably my second favorite MCU show. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Second favorite. But to be fair, I just really fucking hated the end. I hated the ending of Wandavision more than I hated the ending of this. And I think just it's a bland. That's a bland fight scene. That's as bland as it gets. It's not even the, the but the bland fight scene. It's just. I feel like that show sets up even more than the show does and does nothing with it. Like bringing in Evan Peters um like quicksilver bunch of red herrings yeah like that that show i felt like was even more disappointing than this one more rick astley uh rick rolling you which is kind of frustrating and like captain falcon and the winter man i just think that show in general like all throughout it whereas i feel like uh wandavision and, and hawkeye for me is mostly positive with a couple like downsides to it um captain falcon and the winter man is like mostly blah with a couple of like bright spots in it. It's, it's almost like the opposite for me. So again, uh, Loki's definitely my favorite of the, of these four. Oh yeah. I, I never include what if, what if I is easily my least favorite to be fair. I don't really count. What if Yeah. like, I'm, uh, like the live action shows that are continuity based, like those, yeah. what if shows they're going to pick and choose. I think which stories are going to be brought into the rest of the MCU universe. And I don't think that they're all going to be used. So I don't really count. What if, in the equation. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically my two cents, man. That's, that's my fair, two man. cents. That's great fair. production values, bad plot. Yeah. Great uh great chemistry between the, the main cast. Great acting. Kudos to Jeremy Renner and uh and Haley Seinfeld. Yeah. Great job. I do like Yelena's inclusion in this show as well, which we knew was coming because of the uh like after credit scene of Black Widow. But uh also, just real quick, a little bit confused. Like, why did she need to be hired by Kate Bishop's mom to kill Clint Barton. She was going to kill him anyways. That, that was another one of those like plot convenience. It didn't make much sense, but anyways, plot convenience, the MCU show plot convenience, the MCU. Oh, with special guest star, Linda Cardellini. That's right. It was great in this. Oh yeah. Real quick. Linda Cardellini. Uh, she gets the, the, there's the whole plot with them getting that watch. Mm. Like the Avengers watch. Yes. She is mocking Jay. They, they reveal that she is mocking Jay, which Barbara Morse makes me go like, huh? So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who has Mockingjay in that show, either there's multiple Mockingjays or that is that show is straight up set in a different universe entirely. It is. Um, or, yeah, which is confusing. I would say that they don't have a lot of love over at Marvel for that. Honestly, any of the Marvel shows they've ever made that were not part of the Disney Plus universe. That's, yeah. <laughs> let's just say that because honestly, it, to me, it was like a middle finger to, the, to Daredevil. That's what I feel like. But also, they don't really care about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Even though it's really well done, in my opinion, I really like that show a lot. I don't think they care. They're not really, they're not in it for that. They never, I don't think, counted that as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's too bad. So, not connected. Well, I don't know if, wait, do you think it's too bad? 
You never even watched the... I watched the first, like, two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and I tried to convince you multiple times to watch the rest, but you yeah. just decided not to, so... Yeah. I don't know how invested you are in that in that plot line. I'm not. Yeah. But, okay, so this show aside, what's next for the MCU show-wise? Are they making a Daredevil show with Charlie Cox, or... I thought they were going to announce that. I literally thought that that's Me what they're going to do, and then they showed that long, long-ass musical number that everyone asked for. That was their choice. So what do you think? What's the next thing? I think uh, in the Echo show, they're going to bring back Wilson Fisk, is my assumption. Yeah. Is that and a flashback? Gonna... Is that the is that a backwards in time type situation? Are they doing... I, I don't know. But uh, I think the one way to make this Echo show interesting or get people in is by bringing in Wilson Fisk and in turn also bringing in Daredevil. Um, which would be really cool, but I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I just think that would be a neat idea with a, a, a deaf woman and a blind man working together. And that'd be cool. Mm, I see. Yeah. I don't want to go back to this too much, but there's also the idea of like the rule of threes. When you introduce like a big villain, like Kingpin, they just showed him for like one minute and then he was in a fight scene. It's, it's, it's just not good. <laughs> ah, like all the best villains. Like if you look at like, Green Goblin, like Doc Ock, like the beginning of when Marvel started making movies. It wasn't really Marvel, but Sony. Yeah. Or you look at like the Thanos fighting multiple people. That's how you show that they're kind of formidable. The the action, it, it sort of informs the plot line. It informs the characters, as Willem Dafoe recently said in an interview. Yeah. <laughs> when he said that he would love to be in Spider-Man No Way Home in less of an Easter egg role and more of a actually in the movie. Yeah, which I really appreciate that he said that. But regardless, that's an important thing. The rule of threes, though, that, that it helps when you fight a villain more than once. I feel like it, it, it helps you understand what they're capable of. But alas, we didn't get that here. We didn't get anything that I liked in that last episode. Well, I'm sorry. You did, yeah, I'm sorry you hated it this much. I, I'm, sh- I'm shocked that you hated it this much. I knew that you didn't like it, but uh, I guess that extra time to stew on it makes you really hate it. That's too bad. It's not even just that. It's that I got extra time to stew on it and I'm watching Daredevil. And I, I, I wanted to watch Daredevil because I wanted to, I wanted to remember maybe I was, I felt fondly, I, I thought fondly about Daredevil and it wasn't accurate. That's what, that's the problem. Like maybe I'm like, maybe I'm a crazy person. I mean, you are. But no, I'm watching Daredevil and I'm like, this is the best show that Netflix has ever made for, or not Netflix has made, sorry, the Marvel shows that Disney has ever made, like the, the, that Disney's ever been involved in for Marvel. Mm-hmm. It is by far the best option right now. There is the other shows are just way pale in comparison. Yeah, you can't show it to your kids, but I mean you can still show it to your kids. Do what you want. It's shocking to me the the, the stark difference between what character development looks like and what like a flim flammy here are these cool characters that you love and they're shooting bows and arrows and yeah. they're having a good time and they might kill, might have killed 25 people but it's okay. Yeah. It's fun. He's this really cool villain that you love, and he's way stronger now. I know you love that. So he ripped off a core door and he fought someone who was kind of, we have no idea what her ability is in terms of fighting. She's kind of good, but she's really good sometimes. And then she's not really good sometimes. She gets <laughs> defeated in the first fight. She's fighting in a, in a, in a costume, in the Ronin costume, and she seems really bad. Like she's yeah. really getting bested by the tracksuits. And they're like, well, the tracksuits. These guys must be real thugs. They must be real powerful. And then you find out later that they just really just, in mid-fight scene, they talk about Maroon 5. Yeah. And the bare naked ladies. 
anyways, let's just let's wrap it up. Do we wrap this? Yeah, let's wrap. You it gotta up. wrap it up, man, because I'll go uh, on forever. Okay. <laughs> I've been talking to everyone I can talk to about this at work. It bothers me so much that they chose these things. These decisions were made. You got you to cut me off. Cut me off now before it's too late. All right. We're done. We're done here. Uh, once again, thank you very much for listening to a closer look of the TV series, Disney Plus TV series, Hawkeye. This is our supplemental uh, podcast that we uh, you know release on occasion for things that we either love or didn't love and we want to dive deep into spoilers we'll eventually be back next year for something else entirely probably well, well that's ominous why why would it be probably I, i'm planning i'm literally writing the next episode right now well i'm saying another closer look episode so i'm oh another closer look yeah. a closer look episode oh, okay yeah all right adrian well it's a pleasure talking to you as always so that's that's a guarantee that part was great it was. I. So it was good about Hawkeye. Oh no! And I got to talk to you about it. Okay, okay. I was worried. I was worried where you're gonna go with that. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed talking to you as well, my friend. I'm. I'm. Uh, I enjoyed listening to your rant. I'm so sorry, audience, and, uh, for wasting. It's okay. Maybe an hour of your time. No, I don't care about you. you your time's fine. Oh, whoa, whoa! I was just gonna say you did kind of uh, change my opinion a bit, but I still, I still like the show. So I should have went harder, I guess. Whoa! <laughs> all right, Adrian. And all, all, all jokes aside, I did like the Christmas aspect. I, I did say some things I liked. Okay, I didn't yeah, hate yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. but you did, you did, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye.